You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. I hope the first part of Thomas Hardcastle's story encouraged and strengthened you according to the Holy Scriptures, where it says in Proverbs 10:7, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. What lessons did you take away from that tale? Here are a few in which I believe Hardcastle exemplifies Scripture truth. First, Hardcastle reminds us that persecution is a necessary and normal part of Christian life. Hardcastle's life was full of harassment and suffering, but he understood that this was nothing to be surprised at, but rather to be expected and even embraced. In his letters, he said, I love not what I suffer, but I love to suffer. How could this be? Because he understood Mark 10, 29-31, that says any who follow Christ and the gospel will undergo persecution because he had meditated deeply on the truth that it is the persecuted who will be blessed with the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5.10, because Matthew 5.12 told him that persecution is a sign of true belief and brings with it great reward. That is how he could love to suffer. As Richard Fitz, the English separatist, said, suffering is a mark of a true church. So for Hardcastle to be hounded out of the pulpit, jailed repeatedly, and experiencing loss were marks of being a true Christian and part of the true church. These troubles were actually granted to him as a gift from Christ, Philippians 1.29. So he saw persecution not as loss, but as gain. Quoting him again, Whatever you lose for God, you will find in God. He warned his hearers, better to go to Newgate with faith than hell with fear. So for Hardcastle, there were only two options. Suffer now for Christ, for eternal gain, or suffer later in eternal loss. He and the Broadmead Church persevered by the grace of God. He summed it up this way. Satan did stir up some of his instruments persecutors and apostates, several times for some years, to molest us, fine us, imprison us, and impoverish us. But how graciously the Lord was pleased to manifest himself in our assemblies, and so by his Spirit to support, strengthen, and encourage us under losses and long confinements, that through divine assistance we were enabled to hold on in the Lord's way to the last. Well, what can the application possibly be to us, or at least most of us who live as Christians in a country and in a century with freedom of religion, and at least not yet any overt government-sponsored persecution? Well, first, realize and bless God that we live in a very unusual time and place. (laughs) Overwhelmingly throughout history, Christ's church has been persecuted by the powerful. The liberty we experience from our government is rare, and it certainly will not last. 
So we must remind ourselves of this and hear Peter's exhortation, brethren, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So until then, what is our response to be? Hardcastle answers, let me exhort you to bless the Lord for and improve your present liberty. Are you improving the freedom of worship that God has temporarily granted you? The day may come when you or perhaps your children will say, we didn't make use of the liberty to prepare for suffering. Hardcastle urges you to especially attend the public means of grace at every opportunity. Speak to one another, he said, about spiritual things, building one another up, encouraging one another while it is still day. So, brethren, let us improve our present liberty. Secondly, under this first application, recognize that the private, unofficial persecution that comes our way is cause for joy and not complaint. There are no murmurings in Hardcastle's writing. It had no place in his life, and it shouldn't in ours. When our extended family complains against us for Lord's Day observance, when acquaintances act standoffish because of our witnessing, when the world marks us as too precise and prudish, or much worse, let us glory that we have the marks of a Christian and a sound hope for heaven. Let not a single grumble escape our lips. Brethren, let us love to suffer. Hear Hardcastle once again. It is time for us to realize the gospel and to consider on what terms we took up our profession and what the cross of Christ means. We have had a long time of liberty and have enjoyed our ministers and sermons and ordinances with freedom, and we grew dull and slothful and sleepy. Brethren, may God wake us up to redeem the time and learn to love to suffer. Secondly, the memory of Thomas Hardcastle reminds us that a Christian should be velvet-covered steel. That is, he should have a firm and large grasp of truth and be utterly committed to it, unyielding in matters of Scripture and conscience. That is steel. Yet that same Christian should be peaceable, gentle in speech, exemplifying love and patience. That is velvet. Grace and truth can be joined in a man. Courage and moderation may be wed. Candor and courtesy, to use Spurgeon's phrase, can coexist. Thomas Hardcastle was such a man. It's easy for us, especially during trials, to go to extremes. It's not hard to play the great defender of truth, but to do so proudly and harshly dismissing others' opinions, telling it like it is, without regard for the pain it inflicts. This imbalanced approach is not half right, but all wrong, because it dishonors the truth. Nor, on the other hand, is it difficult to compromise the truth when in a tight spot, saying what will placate others by selling out. Again, it is easy to go to sinful extremes. But Hardcastle's life shows that it is possible to fear God more than men, and therefore to obey both the Lord's command to buy the truth and sell it not, and also the command to deal gently 
with those who oppose. Hardcastle learned to speak the truth in love. On the one hand, he had backbone. He was courageous. As he reminded his congregation, there is no armor for the back. That is, a Christian must act like a man, be strong and of good courage, and fight the good fight of faith. Hardcastle never once capitulated to the sinful demands of the state. He consistently opposed the wicked laws that made Charles II head of the church in the place of Christ. Yet he was a man described as of, quote, great moderation, unquote, seeking to reconcile differences rather than to enter into controversy. He desired to promote that blessed principle of union among the saints as saints though of different persuasions. So he was about true, deep affection among genuine Christians. He was a tolerant man in an intolerant age. Hardship did not harden Hardcastle. Righteousness and peace kissed each other in him as they did in our Lord Jesus Christ. The question to us is, are we still in need of a soft covering? Or are we a shapeless, soft mass in need of a steel spine? May God cause love and faithfulness to meet in each of our lives. The third and final lesson is the importance of commitment to the local church and especially its public worship. I won't rehearse the historic, particular Baptist understanding, even biblical mandate, for church membership and regular attendance at the meetings. But it may be helpful and confirming to hear the view of another Calvinistic Baptist from over 300 years ago. The greatest safety lies in duty and keeping close to it, Hardcastle begins. Is preaching and meeting together a duty only when men will allow us, or is it an indispensable duty at all times? The gospel makes no exception or suspension. Beloved, it is now high time for us to be in good earnest in religion. Get the love of the world more out of your hearts and the love of God more into your hearts, and this will make you willing to part with everything rather than part with him, his word, or worship. Dear people of God, do you want to be spiritually safe? Then keep up the delightful duty of public worship on the Lord's Day Sabbath. Hardcastle's calling was to pastor and preach. He put great stock, therefore, in his congregation's prayers, telling them, if you want to feel my sermons, let me feel your prayers. Are you profiting from the teaching ministries of your church? If not, follow Hardcastle's advice and blame yourself first and pray for your pastors. Confess your dullness during worship and prepare well. Then Hardcastle's desire would come to pass in all of our experience, quote, that the Lord would manifest himself in our assemblies and so by his spirit support, strengthen, and encourage us, unquote. May the Lord make it so for us even as he did for these persecuted brethren. There are other memories of this man that could bless us, his example of pastoral zeal, the truth that what men meant for evil, God used for good, etc. But hopefully these three 
are enough to ensure that the memory of this righteous man is a blessing to you. Thank you again for listening. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Thank you.